Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jumbo, everyone, thank you as always for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I'm Dave McBride, broadcasting from a seasonably, unseasonably nice Radio Harambe studios, and joining me, still recovering from his star studded New Year's Eve bash on the roof of the Flamingo Hotel, is Safari Mike. Mike, how are you? First of all, Dave, there's nothing on the roof of the Flamingo Hotel, um, so I'm not sure what you're referring to. I was. Uh, probably asleep by 11 p.m. on New Year's Eve. So, <laughs> And that's late for me. There's got to be something on the roof of the Flamingo. I don't know. There's got to be something. There's got to be some place uh, to have a uh, star-studded. Jumbo Dave and Happy New Year. Yes. And Happy New Year to everyone out there. Let's all hope that 2021 is a little less frantic than 2020 was. And with that in mind, we're doing our New Year's tradition today, and that is by... Um, Going through the 2020 kind of a year in review type of thing. There's not going to be a lot here. No, it's <laughs> going to be a short show. Going to be a Sometimes quick podcast these go on for like an hour and a half, but not this one. But before we get into that, um, I just want to do say a couple of things. Number one, I want to thank everyone for um, buying your T-shirts that you bought or whatever you got during the holiday season. We made a nice donation to the Grevy Zebra Trust. Uh, just made a second donation today because you guys really came through on those. I guess these designs that we're coming out with here are uh, generating the kind of donation money that uh, we were all hoping they would. And uh, now we are going to change who we're going to donate for this quarter. We're going to, I guess, we'll do it quarterly from now on. Um, yeah, whatever. Right. I don't know how else to do it, at least for the foreseeable future. We're going to change where we donate our money to. So Mike's going to tell you a little bit about that. But we're also going to tell you there's some new merch coming out, correct? It's out. It is currently out. So go to the T Public uh, store, link in the show notes, link in all the social media, yada, yada, yada. The, the new shirts all kind of have a central theme, and that is Joe Rody, because – uh, you know, as maybe we'll discuss towards the end of this, well, we discussed the last episode, yes. certainly Joe Rody is retiring, uh, within the next couple of days as we are recording this. So we have a, a roadies roadies shirt, a, a Joe Rody mask and beads shirt, a, um, uh, a, a Joe's animal kingdom shirt and, uh, a disco Yeti shirt, which okay. is my personal uh, favorite of those. So, uh, I clearly, we all know what disco Yeti is. Uh, yes, it is. The Yeti doesn't work anymore. So we're going to show disco lights to scare everybody. Right. Joe Rody seem like it's moving. Joe Rody mask and beads. Why don't you explain what that is for people sure. who's, so, who are looking um, at the page? Sure. So if you uh, anybody who has walked around Harambe 
has noticed all the various uh, signs um, of, you know, various things like travel agencies and, right. you know, various stores and, and uh, you know, safaris going out and all that kind of stuff. One of them that you see in, the, oh, I'd say, three or four different spots is Joe Rody's Masks and Beads. And this is an homage uh, to Joe Rody. It's kind of it's spelled on the on the sign J O R O D I. Right. So, um, you know, it's you know spelled a little differently than his name, but it's a it's a it's a tribute to uh, Joe. There's a few others, uh, you know, other people who are kind of memorialized in the park um, with these types of signs. And and actually, Joe Rody's Masks and Beads is a store that if you're in the Tusker House and you look up in the central area where they're serving all the buffet, if they ever do buffets again. <laughs> um, you'll see a, a couple of things up in the second floor of like stores and stuff. And Joe Rody's masks and beads is up there. Um, obviously people can't get to it. It's only just the front, but, um, right. you know, it's a homage to Joe Rody in the park itself. Uh, the road, we also have one that's coming out. Rody's animal kingdom. Um, that was right, me. That's what it was. That was me. Yes. Uh, I, I pushed that one because I felt like, uh, you know, that's kind of really what it is. We put Disney in front of it, but it really is Joe's Animal Kingdom uh, with uh-huh. a kind of like a tree life design, right? Yeah, there's a tree and a kind of like a watercolor kind of thing. It's anybody who's looked at this uh, the page before, it, it's kind of reminiscent of the Pangani Forest uh, and Maharaja yeah, Jungle really Trek nice. shirts. Really nice. And then finally, we have Roadies Roadies. Where did that come yes. from, Mike? That is actually an uh, uh, another podcast, um, and we've just got permission to do it from them. But it just kind of uh, kind of flows, roadies, roadies. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a just a fun thing to say. So uh, that's what the, that came from. So there you go, four new designs, all an homage to the man who is uh, leaving Disney after an illustrious career, including building our famous and favorite theme park the animal kingdom so everybody's favorite theme park everybody so like mike said link in the show notes and who is this money going to now so we are going to start uh donating to the international uh rhino foundation it's a a a major um a group that uh you know goes around and and trying to help conserve rhinos which are some of the most endangered animals in the world uh, especially over in Asia, where the uh, Sumatran and Javan rhino are on the verge uh, of extinction, and um, you know it, I, I chose that because uh, there is a uh, a sort of a group called Horns and Heroes, which is a is, they yeah. basically they generate art and they sell this art in various shows, and all the money goes to the International Rhino Foundation. And Heroes and Horn, uh, uh, Horns and Heroes was actually started by. Uh, people who work at the Animal Kingdom, and, and Joe Rody has contributed a lot to that. So I sort of thought it was appropriate since we just kicked off the, you know, the Rody T-shirts, and Joe Rody's retiring to sort of uh, help out a uh, a uh, group that uh, he works closely with. So that is our goal. Uh, go there. Every bit of um, money we make off these T-shirts, literally every bit. I keep nothing. <laughs> Yeah, much to my wife's chagrin, all goes <laughs> to this uh, to this um, organization helping rhinos. And as Mike said, um, some of the rhino species are on the brink of extinction here. All uh, all of them are endangered. There is all, no all such thing as a, a a a safe rhino. Some of them are critically endangered. For example, Sumatran rhinos 
they, there are less than 100 left in the world. Amazing. So they are critically, critically endangered. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, anyway, on to today's topic, the 2020 Animal Kingdom Year in Review. And it, this is going to be so quick. I apologize now. Uh, if you are <laughs> looking for a long podcast to listen for a long commute, you're not getting it today. But uh, we'll this is go also th- all bad news. And so. a lot of it is bad news. Right. Uh, in January. So here's how this works, folks. Mike sends me these things and I read them to you. When it comes to <laughs> reporting, Mike's not very detail oriented. So what he has for the entire month of January of 2020, the only thing he's given as a piece of information is Hartman's Mountain Zebra, which I assume means there was a baby, baby born. There was a baby born, yes. <laughs> and it was out on the savannah uh, shortly thereafter. But a baby was born. Uh, Hartman's Mount, uh, Mountain Zebra was born in January. So that, again, we're talking about some pretty a pretty slow... <laughs> That's all it was we got. pretty quiet back in January. It was pretty <laughs> quiet back in January. That is true. Um, not much has been going on with the Animal Kingdom since Avatar Land opened, really. Um, you know, some tidbits here and there. But, of course, everything comes to a grinding halt shortly thereafter. Right. Uh, we get to President's Day. Things are still relatively normal. And I'll, I'll also in, uh, interject this. At the end of January is actually the last time I was at... Walt Disney World, Disney's Animal Kingdom. I was there a matter of a couple of weeks before it closed. And um, I'll never forget, Mike, <laughs> walking right. around there with friends and relatives, joking about what we called the Dos Equis virus because somebody picked the wrong Mexican beer to call it. Uh-huh. Um, and think and just sort of lollygagging around, thinking, "Oh, this is never gonna. This is not gonna be a problem for us. It's nothing. Right, right, right. You no, know, it's not. What, what could it? What could possibly be an issue? And then yes. leaving the uh, the animal kingdom and leaving Disney World to go up to see relatives in um, northern Florida, getting horribly sick with the worst cough I've ever had in my life. Huh. So I'm fairly convinced that uh, that is uh, I was one of the first um, people with the coronavirus. You had the vid? I think so. I it just <laughs> if you go through it was the weirdest thing I ever had. And I got it in Florida um, at the Animal King or at the Walt Disney World. Um, never been sick like that before. Never. I felt these weird pains in my chest. I was cough, dry coughing for a couple of days and then just put me out for like a day and a half where I couldn't get out of bed. Wow. You know, but we had no idea. I don't remember what it was. that at all. Oh God, I was awfully sick. It was right. It was right at the beginning of February when we came home and, um, you know, here I am getting on a plane and stuff the next day, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and now you start reading about the fact that, you know, people right. probably had it a lot earlier than we thought they did. So anyway, there you go. So I, I might've been a contributor to the, uh, Spread of the early Growth, spread of the, the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even know it. Uh, anyway, so that was that was my January. In February, we get to President's Day, and Primeval World had closed at the end of 2019. Yeah, for, the, like the fall of 2019. Yeah, for refurbishment, quote unquote. And then, weirdly, mid refurbishment, it opened back up. 
Right. Well, they kept pushing off the date that it was going to come back from refurbishment. It was pushed back a couple of times. And then it opened up for uh, President's Day, which, is, of course, is a very busy uh, time for Disney World, that, that part in February where you know many people have a few days off during the week. You know, A lot of people go down there for that week, so it's quite busy. So they opened up Primeval World briefly uh, for that holiday. Uh, then they closed it right back down shortly afterwards, uh, talking about how it was going to go seasonal, but it never reopened again. No, it still hasn't reopened. Um, and then all hell breaks loose in the country. Um, a couple of weeks right later, March. Right. right. A couple of weeks later, um, the day before St. Patrick's Day, and I will never forget that because being a musician, I was scheduled to play. Uh, and then everything closed and everything fell apart. And that's a big, big week for me. So I'll never forget that that was the day that all of this went down. Uh, Disney closed due to the pandemic um, now being discovered and being transmitting throughout the country and like i said it probably was already well entrenched in the u.s uh, yeah. before this point um and we sat with no opening in sight um for weeks and weeks and weeks and that was yeah, on march they 16th talked about maybe a couple of weeks and you know obviously got pushed back for a long period of time but march 16th was the day walt disney world closed correct yeah, we had um, a lot of, I mean, what we were all hearing at the first time, right, was that things were going to be two weeks. You know, we right. were going to get two weeks to put this all away. And if we just shut everything yeah. down for two weeks, we'd be fine. And then it just kept extending and extending and government stepped in and ordered things closed and all that kind of stuff. And even though Florida was a little more open and some other places where the pandemic had hit early, including where I am now in Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, Disney remained closed. Mm -hmm. So that's really going to put kind of a marker on the whole year, I guess, and, and, and really kind of slow everything down and bring in the bad news that's just going to start coming from here. But before we do that, we have a couple of more um, babies born, a baby porcupine born in March. Was that after the closing? It was right around the time. It was part of, and I think I think they even showed it on the, uh, the TV show that they did for Disney Plus, which we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, the baby porcupine was born right around the time Disney World closed, so there wasn't too much, obviously, publicity about it since you know everybody was talking about, right? You know, coronavirus and stuff. Um, and you couldn't the porcupine, see it. <laughs> yeah, and you couldn't see it. Well, the porcupine itself, the, the this particular porcupine is one that's used on the uh, the shows it's a percent prehensile tail porcupine not not the big ones that are found in um uh along the tree of life trails so this one was is used just for shows or or the you know they're, they're used just for the the show over at rafiki's planet watch so right. uh, which i still think has not come back if my if i if i'm understanding correctly i have not been to disney world since last november right i had plans to go in august and then uh, that got pushed and so all that so, kind of stuff. So, so we still are. during the closing in April, um, another Hartman's Mountain Zebra was born. Mm -hmm. Asha was that, that one name, which means hope in Swahili, which, of course, kind of appropriate for the time. For was, sure. <laughs> yeah. Everything was closed and they were hoping, you know, hope was all we had <laughs> in yeah, April. Right. Um, then things kind of sit 
not a whole lot is announced. Um, yeah, not much. You know, I, we th- I think maybe perhaps somewhere in there we may have had Primeval World told again was going to be now uh, seasonal or whatever they said it was going to be. I know that was a conversation we were having during the closing, and um, you know, but nothing really is going on. Then and, and most and most of the most of the conversation about that was um, Disney. It, so when Disney announces something is going seasonal, that's sort of the same for uh, sports fans. As a general manager, giving the manager a vote of confidence, it's just right. about gone. Um, you know, the move to seasonal, like Stitch's uh, uh, show in, in Magic Kingdom, was seasonal, but it never really reopened. So it's, it's the a, terminal sort of diagnosis. It's the it's yeah, the it's, nail in the coffin, so to speak. It's the yeah, first it's the kiss nail. Of death. It's the kiss of death, right? So, so they, Disney had talked about that going seasonal, and we all pretty much assumed that maybe we're never going to see it. Maybe for like uh, Christmas one more time or whatever, right? And then it would be gone for good. But uh, you know, more about that in a little bit. On May twenty seventh, um, a lot was made out of the fact that Disney presented to the governor of Florida its plan to phase reopening part of its theme parks and certain hotels. Um, certain hotels are still closed. Parts of hotels yep. are still closed um, all these months later. But um, And that was done on the very end of May where it was signed off on by the governor, but the opening did not come until July 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, initially... The only thing that opened were the Magic Kingdom and the Animal Kingdom. Right. Uh, and I think that kind of had all of us sort of puzzled for a second there. Um, because uh, if, if, for not, if nothing else, I, I thought that if anything was going to reopen with the Magic Kingdom, it would have been Star Wars, <laughs> you know. Uh, right. Well, I mean, they only opened a couple of days later. They did, right. So the anim- So the Animal Kingdom reopens with no live entertainment at all. So no bands playing, no nothing. There was no no, character interactions, no character interactions. There were no stage shows, nothing along those lines. And I do suggest that you go back and listen to a podcast we did in the summer with Jen Green, um, who was a travel agent who went down there very early on in the reopening phase here. If you want to learn mm-hmm. a little bit more about what Disney was actually like during this time, I had a couple of friends who were there at the time. It was very quiet. Um, a lot of very Disney. had apparently we, we, we knew this when it opened that had spent a lot of time implementing social distancing measures. And I mean, doing things like putting giant plexiglass up between the rows on the safari trucks and right. between the rows of the queue for the safari trucks. Um, they were doing things like only sitting one group per car for Expedition Everest. They were, I think, only doing very limited amount of people getting on Dinosaur 2. Do you remember how that worked? Uh, I think it was like only certain families in certain rows. Like you couldn't ha- like you wouldn't share a row with uh, right. with other people. But I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, there was something real. It was like. But again, there was nobody there. I had a friend of mine who right. went there. Um, he probably went in, jeez, probably August, which the end of August, by the way, folks, is dead down there anyway. But <laughs> so it's not all that crazy. That's when I was supposed to go. Yeah. Um, but he said that it was, he had a fabulous time because they went on 
God, they went on everything three times, you know. I mean, there mm-hmm. was just nobody there, and they were walking right on. By the way, I just want to mention this. Um, the podcast is from August 4th. Jen Green goes to the Animal Kingdom. That's the one where you can learn a lot about how Disney looked when it first opened up um, because there really hadn't been many changes or many, not a lot of difference between that and that first week that they opened. Mm-hmm. So the question here was, right what's the future hold and i think one of the biggest you know one of the things you didn't mention was one of the biggest things is they got rid of the you know fast passes and all that kind of stuff and now you know when it when it reopened people were only able to and still only able to book a reservation to get into a particular park so they were you know managing the actual number of people in a park keeping capacity to a certain amount by you had to say all right on august 12th i'll be at uh, i'm booking my uh, you know, my park pass for Animal right. Kingdom, et cetera, et cetera. There's no park hopping, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, to limit the people. So that's, you know, that was, yeah, was another a, big change that came about when they re- reopened. Yeah, it was a strange situation that was still I can't really wrap my mind around. You had to sort of, uh, I mean, if you were staying on property, did you still have to make a reservation for the for what park yes. you wanted to go to? Yes, because I did that for August, although I eventually... Obviously, I eventually uh, canceled the trip, but I had gone through all the process right. to uh, to uh, book everything. So I went ahead. I booked, you know, what days were going to be when, and I, and that's what I have. For, I'm planning on going in March, hopefully. Um, and I still have, you know, days where you know I had booked yeah. Animal Kingdom for one day, and there's no Fast Pass pluses and and all Amazing. that kind of stuff. Amazing. Anyway, so that's that's where we were. And the, the other conversation I think we were all having at the time, um, I don't know how much you and I did, but certainly social media was, was what was the future of stage show performers? And, um, you know, clearly the park was running on a shoestring budget and a skeleton crew. Um, mm-hmm. What were the future of all those people? What was going to happen? How is this going to, you know, what were they going to do? And, and that was an evolving yeah, I- story that, that is still evolving, I think. Yeah, and there was all sorts of, uh, you know, furloughs, and you know, they got rid of the Disney College program, so right. all the, you know, or not the the international people were, you know, not, not coming back and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, this whole summer and even fall is all, you know, discussion on the various social medias about you know people being furloughed and not having their job and right. not knowing when they're going to come back or if they're ever going to come back. So uh, much was, of that too. It was, terrible. Yeah, it was it was terrible news. None of the news is good. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> Disney certainly wasn't the only company cutting people during the pandemic. Um, but they were their most high profile when it comes to that stuff, for sure. Right. Um, one of the interesting thing was they put a lot of the characters out on the boats and used the river for uh, some. Which I like. Character I like the, interaction, the I guess. I mean, you wave at a character <laughs> as it goes by, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's something. In July, a couple only days after they reopened, uh, they confirmed in Disney that the Rivers of Light and Primeval Whirl were permanently gone. Yeah. Rivers of Light now, at first, was in the same group as Finding Nemo the Musical and the um, Festival of the Lion King, which was a big, you know, people packed together. Um, we're not going to do that. 
you know, it seems like it's still in my mind, seems like the one where you might be able to get away with it because it's outdoors. So mm-hmm. if we so if we shut it down to only a few, certain amount of people, maybe do every other row or something like that, I think they could have made it work. But right. they confirmed that they're just it's it's not closed for the pandemic. It's closed because it's closed. Right. It's gone. And then Primeval Whirl is still sitting there with the sign. Nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Like a, you know, a fossil (laughs) of bygone days and no change. Months later, almost a half a year later, if not more than half a year later, we still have no update on that. No change. It hasn't come down. It's just sitting there. Yeah. And I think it's going to be sitting there for a while. Unbelievable. Anyway, on August 3rd, a baby mandrel was born. Mandrels yeah, that was cool. nice little news. I mean, that mandrels are cool. I mean, sometimes they're not even on the safari, but, you know, every once in a while you'll see, you know, uh, uh, let me put it this way. I've gone through the safari where they were not on exhibit for some reason. Um, they always stop the and tell you they, to look. <laughs> so they had the baby, which is cool because mandrels are endangered. So it's uh, great that, the, you know, they're contributing to the population of mandrels. So that's cool. right. Yeah, it's really neat. Um Let's see where where do we go next? On, also in August, you're gonna have to explain this one a little bit. Um, Disney signs a memorandum of understanding with the Actors Guild, which is the so um, that's yeah, the union so that who, represents the stage performers, right? For like up uh, or for like uh, Finding Nemo and Festival of the Lion King and stuff. There was a, a, a battle going on as to um, the safety protocols. And uh, things like that when Disney originally opened and the Actors Guild was, you know, not happy with uh, what Disney was doing. They eventually signed, like I said, a memorandum of understanding so that the Actors Guild people uh, would be allowed back to work at, you know, the Finding Nemo's and Festival of the Lion Kings. Uh, But unfortunately, there are still no shows. But um, there's an agreement in place that once once the, um, you know, the pandemic is. I don't want to say over, but, you know, at least uh, reduced and, you know, vaccines and everything starts being coming back to whatever normal it's going to be. Uh, there is an agreement made between the Actors Guild and Disney with regards to, to that. That Disney will bring those people back. Yeah, correct. So that's where we are now with that. Um, on Also in August, we had the premiere of uh, The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom on... Uh, Disney Plus streaming service. Yep. Mike yeah, and I were very excited about, about it. Um, I think it may have not held up to our expectations as much as we'd like. Would, is that fair to say? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's pretty much what I expected. I expected a a, a show just like um, you know the shows that you see on Discovery and Animal Planet, where they there's secrets of the zoo and the zoo with the you know the Bronx Zoo show and. It's pretty much similar to that. So I, I, I was basically I, I was um, I got what I thought I was going to get. The only the only real problem, and I know we discussed this at length at, <laughs> on, on our review of the show, was the narrator sucks. Canal just water, just terrible, just terrible. Um, He's terrible. But, yeah, right. That's Josh Gad. For jo- who exactly. <laughs> Proof positive Disney that just because you find him funny on shows doesn't mean he makes a great 
narrator for a documentary. Um, it's a different skill set. It is a completely different skill set. Yeah. Uh, so I, um, but you're right. I mean, I go back and watch some of the shows. If I got nothing else to watch, I'll throw it on just yeah. to, just to kind of sure. see the images from the park and the safari, and you know, it's it's, it's always nice for that. Always. Have always, you seen the new show, by the way, on Disney's Animal and uh, Disney Plus with no. the Animal Kingdom? No. So there is a new it? thing. There's a new thing on there where uh, it's called. Let me find it. It's called. It's, it has to do with the Twilight. So when the park opens, there's like a, a, it's right. an hour long show of just seeing, um, you know, the sunrise at the parks. Uh, they have one for each of the four. Uh, they came out, I think, this recently, so it's not on yeah. our list, but we could talk about it now. It's um, I'm, I'm pulling up Disney Plus now to figure out what the name of it is, <laughs> but it's but it's basically just um, showing the parks, right. uh, Disney Parks Sunrise series. It's that's all the parks. That's what it's called. It's all the parks. It is there. There is right. There's not one just Animal Kingdom. Magic. Uh, it's actually there's only three, so it's Magic Kingdom. Animal Kingdom and Epcot. So if you just want to have enjoy like a little background music and seeing the Tree of Life and Expedition Everest and the rest of the park sort of opening up as the uh, as the day you know as the day happens, um, you know it's and this is peaceful in the background. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. And this is the kind of stuff that I was hoping they would just throw on Disney Plus for parks fans, especially yes. during the pandemic. That's exactly like, what it's for. I would have loved for them to have done the candlelight procession for us to have watched. That would have been a great idea. That would I have mean, been a great idea. I really kind of thought they would, you know, um, but it just never came. I thought that would have been a great little holiday thing. Find because they, they video a lot of them. Um, they probably have an old one in the can somewhere that they could have shown. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was that something like that. I, I I would love to see that stuff. I would love during this. You know, I was hoping during the closure that we would see, not even during the closure, but during the sort of phase reopening, that to kind of generate mm-hmm. excitement for um for the parks again. That they would, I don't know, show a <laughs> whatever it might be, put a put right. a live camera as the train goes by, or <laughs> you know, whatever. Right, right, right. Because it costs them nothing. You know, I mean, it's just. Just it's simple stuff and just get all the mm-hmm. parks fanatics geared up for it. But uh, and this is an example of that kind of thing that I was hoping we'd get. And maybe we still will. Who knows? Uh, I think the they're processional is a great idea. I think. I, I mean, I can't say this for sure, but my impression from the way Disney is approaching since they've been reopening is they're really not overblowing the marketing. I don't think they want to be st- have too many people than they're willing to accommodate and they're not aggressive with pricing they're not aggressive with um a whole lot of advertising in fact some of the most prolific advertising i've seen has been kind of more like uh you know we'll see you soon mm-hmm. you know there's been these things that you see like the guy pulling his kids through a pirate thing like right, creating right. disney at home or something it's been a lot of that, and it hasn't been, hey, you know, buy four nights, get three free, or things that yeah, they've done. Yeah, not a lot of, we're open, come on, you know. It's yeah, all, it, you're it's, right. You know, it's it's been very sort of a, a step back from what you would expect. After 9-11, they were incredibly aggressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were doing deals. I, I used to buy 
annual passes as a vacation club member for two hundred dollars. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that was all because they were trying to grow park presence, you know, and they were really aggressive with local tickets and things. They haven't done any of that, Mike. Yeah. And I, I think they're still a little nervous because they're still at a limited capacity in the park and they don't want to turn people away. You know, they want to have as many people as they're willing to accommodate and, and not anymore. So anyway. But I think your idea for... Um, like showing the Pekinlite processional. I mean, how great would it be since it's now gone to have uh, you be able to watch the Rivers of Light on Disney Festival Plus? Festival of the Lion King. Uh, right. You know, all of those things. I mean, they could, mm-hmm. they could, you know, they could have videoed that stuff. They could have brought these actors in and paid them for a week's worth of work just to put it on Disney Plus. Even and if they, they had old like videos of like Tarzan rocks, how great sure. would that be if you were able to yeah. watch that? Yeah, I mean, just just to be able to say to guests, we can't do it live, but heck, man, go watch it on Disney Plus when you get home if you miss it. Yeah, you know, it's there. We want it to come back. We don't want it. We don't want to lose it. So we're going to keep it going. And we're going to keep it going on TV. And I thought about that with regards to all of those things. And the candlelight processional was the one that kind of came to mind because yeah, Disney's Disney Plus's holiday. Stuff was kind of there wasn't much to oh, it, hum. you know. Yeah, yeah there wasn't much. really any park stuff. And if you saw the the uh, did you watch the show that would normally take place for the parade? No, I did not. Yeah, it, I mean, it was again, it wasn't a whole lot of it was just a whole lot of Disney history and a lot of songs by 16 year olds who I don't know. Um, they didn't really show a parade at all. They showed some images, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like an aggressive parks infomercial like it's been in the past, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's just it's. I, I was hoping they would do something like that, but they really didn't. Anyway, so let's move on. In September, a baby Maasai giraffe was born, mm-hmm. and it's, it's since been released on the Savannah as of December third. So and, yeah, another another giraffe was born, and now you can see them. The last one was literally born on the Savannah. <laughs> the one before this, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the uh, mother gave birth on the Savannah um, with the safari truck driving by. Yeah, because Christina was at the park for that and yes. uh, was actually on the safari. She yes. saw she was there, like, about 15 minutes after it was born. Uh, she was, you know, see, saw it. And again, we're, they're open now. Not many changes. Certainly, they're not announcing anything. Again, not being aggressive. They're just not. They're not announcing any mm-hmm. changes. They're kind of slowly doing things. They're working mm-hmm. on work that was there, but they're not starting any new projects. You know, that's a part of Disney's marketing thing. It's always been, hey, we're going to open this in 2023 and show pictures of it and all that kind. Of, they don't do that anymore. Right. They haven't been doing that. Get at you all. to come back, yeah. Yeah. At the end of November, we had the um, announcement that Joe Rohde was going to retire as of January 5th. Um, you can go back mm-hmm. and listen to our show from last week if you want to know more about that. Any more to say there, Mike, that we haven't already said? No, not really. We've talked about it at nauseum. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe the, it's again, just a year of bad news. Yeah. And that was. Yeah, that was a long-lasting piece of bad news that's going to stay with us for a little while. But it was inevitable. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, well, I mean, everybody retires. Yeah. Uh, and on December 15th, we had a change on Kilimanjaro Safari. Yeah, the goats. Uh, we had been following um, them building a, um, a, you know, a, a little exhibit there at the end of the Kilimanjaro Safari. There had been rumors that there were going to be goats put in there. Uh, I had heard the rumors um, 
And I actually confirmed it with somebody who's relatively high up in the animal kingdom. Um, and sure enough, the Nigerian dwarf goats premiered on December 15th in uh, the animal kingdom uh, in the uh, Kilimanjaro safaris towards the end. Uh, the interesting thing about Nigerian dwarf goats is that they are not Nigerian. They are <laughs> it's an American breed. It's an American. It's an American breed of goat. Uh, but for whatever reason, they're called the Nigerian dwarf goats. And, uh, you know, you can find them as they sort of, uh, you know, moving around there at the end. It's kind of supposed to be reminiscent of a small ranger station as you're, uh, you know, sort of ending your safari. You're passing the ranger station and they happen to keep some goats at the ranger station. Um, and you uh, yeah, that's the that's the last exhibit you see before getting off the savannah uh, safari. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think. Yes, yeah. they're an American breed, but they derive from probably a crossbreeding of African goats. Yeah, Oops. African pygmy goats. Yeah, correct. African pig. Uh, they are <laughs> derived from a breed, a domestic breed from the African uh, pygmy goats, which are relatively. Co- I think they actually have African pygmy goats in. I don't know if they they have uh, the Rafiki's Planet Watch the affection section. If my memory serves, Mike, is there a reason why they couldn't find African animals to put there? Uh, it's a little weird, don't you it's, think? Uh, it's just easier to to put the you know. It's, it, it, first of all, domestic goats are probably a lot easier to get their hands on than some sort of endangered antelope. They're easier to take care of since they're pretty straightforward. It's cheap, and uh, they're Nigerian, quote unquote, dwarf goats. So the ninety nine point nine percent of the guests will think, <laughs> "Well, that's an African goat." <laughs> Boy, that's pretty cynical. <laughs> but anyway. not if not if you listen to Radio Harambe. Right. If you listen to Radio Harambe, you'll know the truth. If They're Mike's, American. If Mike's your truck driver, folks, <laughs> he's going to spoil the magic for you. Anyway, that's it. That's 2020. Um, I'm yeah, trying pretty, not pretty to quiet. really dwell too much on it because it was a depressing year. And, um, you know, it's the longest I've gone without being down there in a few years. Uh, and that... that uh, that still remains a question. I don't know when I'll be back. Um, I mean, I have I have reservations. I have um, uh, flights and everything booked for the middle of March. Yeah, I hope we'll be able to go. I mean, at this point, it's I don't know, maybe fifty fifty. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> um, we'll see. You know, we were thinking about maybe taking advantage of it because, you know, I I think I can protect myself to some degree. Um, You know, I can put masks on and do the things we need to do. And the way they've been said, I've had travel people tell me that flying is not very crowded. And it's, you know, depending on the airline you take, it's been pretty safe and feel okay doing it. And the way they're changing Mm -hmm. the air in some of the airplanes, you have to look this stuff up because some airlines have taken more aggressive measures than others. Right. Right. you know, we were thinking about going, but, we, you know, when you think about it right now, I would take my son to the Animal Kingdom and there's no Boneyard and there's no Festival of the Lion King, right. which are his two favorite things. Right. So I don't know right. that I'd spend the money to buy the park ticket at this point because the park ticket is yeah. no cheaper than it used to be. Nope. Yeah. You know? the, the one thing they'll never do is discount the park tickets. That's right. just they're not, just not going to do that. That's not. They'll, you know, they'll, they're, they'll they'll offer free dining. They'll offer right. uh, you know you know buy three nights get two free kind of thing if it really is bad. But they will never ever reduce the park ticket. What will be interesting is to see when things start to settle down and they can open start opening everything back up. Mm-hmm. 
how quickly people jump back onto the travel wagon. Um, yeah. Because like a they, while after September 11. Right. If they don't. Well, for different reasons. Right. Totally different. So that's why we don't know. Totally right? different. Right. We don't know. So if they don't jump right back on the travel wagon, then that's the point where Disney will get aggressive, I think, and start doing things for DVC members to get people in the parks and all that kind of stuff, which they've done in the past. Right. You know, anyway, right. I guess that's it, right, Mike? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Hopefully, our year in review of 2021 will be a lot brighter than uh, our year in review for 2020. Well, in your next podcast, you're going to get in your feed, folks. We're going to look forward to 2021. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on uh, social media. You can follow the show's Instagram page. It's Disney's Animal Kingdom. Facebook, at Jombo Everyone. Mike is on Twitter by searching at Jombo Everyone. You can also find me on Twitter at Radio Harambe, though I'm hardly ever there. So you're better off uh, yeah. doing one of the any other social media besides Twitter. You can get you can find me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dave's not a Twitter guy, but he's all over yeah. Instagram. You can also email us, everyone at gmail.com. If you want to send something that you know we're going to read, that is the best way to do it. <laughs> um, don't forget, link in the show notes. Plus, there's a link in all of those social media pages to our T Public store where you can go and take a look at these designs. And all the money is going to be donated to help save rhinos throughout the yeah, world. Yeah, we've got a lot of great T-shirts, almost all of them done by uh, Christina. So check them out. Yeah, she's done terrific work and was just doing in the last couple of days on this new roadie stuff, and it really comes out looking nice. Anyway, for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well. Thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. <laughs> Now, who do you